Thanks for joining Impact Boom. On this episode... There are so many misconceptions. Mm. I think the most profound is possibly that people that are homeless are or facing homelessness are uneducated. That is absolutely not our experience. Welcome to impactboom.org. We search the globe to find the people, stories, ideas and inspiration to help you create maximum positive impact. Each week, Impact Boom brings you thought-provoking interviews with world-leading practitioners passionate about creating positive social change. These designers, social entrepreneurs, educators, innovators, thinkers, and doers share their projects, initiatives, thoughts, and insights on creating a better world. You can find all the stories, links, and other great content at impactboom.org. Follow us on Facebook or Twitter for the latest updates or subscribe to the newsletter or on iTunes. Thanks for listening to episode 279 of Impact Boom. My name's Indio Miles and I'm passionate about communicating the initiatives and enterprises causing sustainable and positive change globally. And today we're speaking with Sarah Gunn. Sarah is an international award-winning social innovator and a crusader for an equitable and just economy. Sarah is renowned for her leadership in the social enterprise and social business sector and for cultivating ecosystems for socially and environmentally sustainable businesses in South Australia. Sarah is founder and director of GoGo Events, a jobs-focused social enterprise that employs women at risk of homelessness and those with complex barriers to employment. She is a founder and CEO of the GoGo Foundation, a charity creating pathways to long-term safe, stable employment for women at risk. And she is a co-founder of Collab for Good, an intermediary that builds the capacity, capability across sectors to deliver positive social impact. Sarah is Westpac Social Change Fellow, a CEO venture and activator, a South Australia Woman of the Year, and a founding board member of the South Australian Social Enterprise Council. Sarah, it's an honour to have you here today. Thank you very much for joining us. Thank you, India. It's lovely to be here. So to start off, Sarah, could you please just share a bit about your background and what led to your work in social enterprise? India, I started GoGo Events in 2000 from my home office with two small children and it went swimmingly for about the first 12 years. We had successes, we ran some great events, we had some super clients and we developed a solid reputation for excellence in event management in those 12 years. But in 2012, after 12 years in that business, I came to a point where I thought, what am I really doing here? What's my purpose here? And I became aware of the fact that we were not leaving a lot of positive social impact or environmental impact behind when we ran events. Good event managers leave nothing behind. And I was really beginning to feel that the work I was doing was vacuous and really had no positive long-term outcomes. And at that point, I did some soul searching and thought, well, perhaps I could employ people in the business where we could give them a hand up where perhaps they were facing significant barriers to employment. And I also realized that the business itself was a really powerful tool for creating more impact than I could have done just on my own by gone volunteering or doing something personal to feel that I was having some positive impact. Mm. So I made a decision that we would employ only 
people with significant barriers to the workforce in our business. And in order to do that, I develop relationships with homeless service providers in the city of Adelaide. And we started recruiting and we were able to do that because we were blessed to have some really strong relationships with our clients that were large corporations, associations and government bodies in South Australia. I worked with them to create pathways into GoGo events. So what that pathway was really was asking people if they would like to come and work on a GoGo event for a day or a week or so. And all they needed was pair of shoes where their toes were covered up. So what we did was we brought people into the business. We invited them to find within themselves their strengths and we worked with them to make them a valuable member of our team and contribute to putting together an event. You know, we could start with a big empty room at the Adelaide Convention Centre and within six or seven hours have set up something really stunning and spectacular for, you know, a thousand people for dinner and a big award ceremony. And what we observed over that time was that just through that simple process of being valued and having their skills recognised and valued and being part of a team is that they were able to re-identify with their strengths and for a short period of time put to the side the troubles and issues that they were facing in their day-to-day lives in order to feel better about themselves, build some confidence and capability. So at that time, I didn't actually know the term social enterprise. I read that in the Dumbo Feather about six months after I'd started. Mm -hmm. And, of course, then what happened was the world of social enterprise opened up to me and, uh, you know, I found common language and words that I could use to describe what we were doing and the impact that we were having. And between 2012 and about 2018, we worked with 85 people that were facing homelessness and we were able to help them shift themselves and their mindsets and the way they felt about themselves in order to set them on a pathway to financial stability, finding a job that suits them and their needs. So that was where we started. The business, I spun it around. It became a regenerative business rather than an extractive business. So we developed an environmental policy, a social policy. Within the business, we were able to reduce, we reuse, we repurpose and we resource wherever we can from other social businesses, from not-for-profit organisations. And, you know, we donate back anything that is in excess, including no food waste, for example. And now rather than leaving what I felt was nothing behind because I felt that all I was doing was taking away through the business, what we were able to do is give something back to the community. We are able to give back jobs. We were able to also support our event clients by letting them know that the money that they were spending on their events was doing something really significant for society. So that was a great thing. It's a beautiful path of kind of discovery that you've had there. And it's just really amazing to hear that, Sarah. And also a really fantastic summary of your organization, GoGo Events, and the work you do and the support that you support, provide. And you've mentioned that you're, the main people who you provide support to are women and people experiencing homelessness. So the next question I wanted to ask you was, what common misconceptions are there about people experiencing homelessness and the obstacles that they face in their daily lives? 
there are so many misconceptions. Mm. I think the most profound is possibly that people that are homeless are or facing homelessness are uneducated. That is absolutely not our experience. 63% of the women we worked with in the first few years at GoGo all had tertiary qualifications. There are other assumptions people make that they're not resilient or that they're weak mm-hmm. or just not capable. And these are also untrue. I find that the people we work with are the most resilient. They are really the survivors of often systems that have excluded them or have worked against them or that they've been unable to override in their lives, often from a very young age, or they've fallen victim to circumstances outside of their control and that just led them on a pathway that where they had no power. There are also assumptions around drug and alcohol issues. For sure, they do crop up, but it's a very, very small percentage that have a barrier that's around drug and alcohol use. There are sort of very sad social assumptions around being dirty or unclean or being disruptive. And that has come about because what people see around homelessness is often what they see on the streets. And I think to put, you know, your feet into other people's shoes and say, you know, if you're sleeping rough for more than one or two nights, it's very hard to stay clean. It's very hard to stay well-dressed and well-presented. And so I think society has all these assumptions that are totally incorrect around people experiencing homelessness. Yeah, and it's so unfortunate to hear that uh, about those assumptions that we make as a society, and but, but very profound mm-hmm. observations you've made. So thank you for sharing that with our audience, Sarah. And throughout the COVID-19 lockdowns, you as a business, as GoGo Events, are very focused around event management quite clearly. So when there was no possibility for events to happen for quite a few months, how did you pivot effectively and identify opportunities to continue operating? Indio, the first thing we did was took a break. <laughs> because we had been running events for 20 years at GoGo and it was a bit of a relief initially, to be mm. honest, because over those eight years of being a social enterprise, we had learned so much about how much more work there was to do, what were the pressing issues that were contributing to people being at risk of homelessness, what were the barriers to employment for the people that we were working with. So actually, I felt like a bit of a sabbatical. And at the time of face-to-face events allowed my team to focus on those other pressing issues. So I'm not sure I've mentioned that we, in 2018, we established the GoGo Foundation. And the GoGo Foundation is a charity that focuses particularly on finding long-term stable employment outcomes for people that have experienced, you know, significant barriers. And we had been working on developing what we now call the Inclusive Work Program. So we were able to build out that program, build out the partnership and the content and all the relationships that we needed to put in place. And in fact, we ran this year our first pilot of the Inclusive Work Program, which meant we were able to gather together funds to run the pilot. And then also we've applied to the federal government, to the Office for Women, and we have secured funding to run that program four more times, which is really incredibly exciting. And congratulations. um, That's amazing. Yeah, we're so excited about that. And that will allow us to bring approximately 70 women through that program in the next 
two years. And so we've developed relationships with the universities to help us to be sure we were collecting all the right data and the, and other social enterprises to partner with and fund us. It was an incredible time. But also we, from the events perspective, of course, like all other event businesses, we had to look at what it might look like to run events online. And we've also been able to you know move several of our events online. But what we were aware of is that once everything goes online, we were unable to create those job opportunities for the people that really we were in business to serve. Mm-hmm. And so we have been able to focus on developing a new income stream for GoGo. So next year, we will launch a new work integrated social enterprise in the circular economy, where we can create long term jobs in addition to keeping our events going but we really needed to find another solution to creating permanent part-time or full-time positions for people both just out for general employment but also it will be a way of bringing people through the inclusive work program and perhaps providing them with a job for the first six to 12 months to get some really robust work experience onto their CVs and then help them with a new pathway down the track. So, you know, we've used our time really, I think, really creatively and purposefully. (laughs) And the one other thing we did was we picked up on some other social, one other particular social issue that we were, had been working on as a bit of a, a side project which was around um, menstrual poverty and we were able to get some funding and also we ran Australia's first period summit earlier this year and that was to bring about equality really to start conversations around what would a future where menstruation was accepted by all that's gender neutral that allows anyone who menstruates to be able to speak about it have their rights supported through access to products and also a safe workplace removed of any taboos so yeah we were able to run that earlier this year so we've feel like we've used our time quite wisely. (laughs) Yeah, some very extensive repositioning that you conducted there throughout that time period. And it was really interesting, I think, to hear about that approach and starting by just taking a break analyzing the situation and then coming up with strategy. Really, really important. So crucial. So thank you for sharing that, Sarah. And as co-founder of the Social Enterprise Intermediary Collab for Good, how important do you believe robust networks are for supporting impact-led organizations? It's a really good question. And I think that I can speak firsthand here about the experience of having a network of other social enterprises and purpose-driven businesses is the key to being able to do good business yourself. So if you're operating as a social enterprise alone without an ecosystem, it's really hard to ensure that your procurement channels are socially and environmentally sound, that your clients are socially and environmentally sound. And you're, you know, like a bit like a voice in the wilderness. And what I've seen happen in South Australia, particularly over the last several years, as an emerging 
social enterprise economy. We've still got a lot of work to do, but the more opportunity we have to buy from, procure goods and services from other social enterprises or not-for-profit or community-led organisations like Men's Sheds or, you know, the more we can ensure that the dollar that we spend is doing good and therefore ensure that our clients who often have a much bigger turnover than we do, but, you know, that their money is being spent in order to ensure protection of the environment and also social good. So for me, it's about really social procurement. It's also that we can trust around collaboration because social businesses, I find where you put collaboration ahead of competition, you start to drive change, amplify change. So the B Corp community, the social traders community, the CEO community are all businesses where you're in some way aligned with the sustainable development goals, or you're really putting the social or environmental purpose aligned with, but not ahead of profit. And it is also about, you know, it's the strength of that network so that you've got reciprocity and a willingness to collaborate to achieve great goals. I think that when we can see others succeeding in this sector, improbable businesses, a bit like go-go events. I mean, people thought I was a bit crazy at the beginning or thought that's never going to work. Well, the fact that we have succeeded over time and endured and continue to endure, I think allows others to believe that their vision is possible, particularly, you know, young people, the really young people where I'm so inspired by kids coming out of high school or in high school that are creating social businesses and teaching us the way that we can do business so much better to have created the conditions for those organisations to step in to find customers and to immediately have turnover to create new jobs to thrive is really important. It's a really wonderful message, Sarah. I, I just have to say, I love that idea that you were talking about at the end there. And we're moving into the end of our interview and we don't have much time left, unfortunately. So we might put these questions together. And I just want to ask you, so firstly, what inspiring projects or initiatives have you come across recently which are creating a positive social change? And then what books or resources can you recommend to our audience? Indio, I think there are a couple of movements afoot that are really driving change across Australia and really globally. And I would have to say that the most significant of those that I really feel very strongly about now and I'm feeling the impact directly of is the racial justice and racial equity, particularly in Australia, but globally, the focus and importance of of investing in and cultivating Indigenous organisations and Indigenous leaders and organisations founded by minority groups and people of colour is totally a game changer. It's about supporting regenerative businesses rather than extractive businesses, funding models that are focusing on reparation to amend mm. where wrongs have been done by investing and paying forward and back to make change for future generations. That's probably the most significant. I think others around female and minority funding, so organisations like CEO and where you've got, you know, ship creating new systems around how to support businesses to increase their turnover, their growth, the jobs they're creating and supporting those that are working along the sustainable development goal line. 
The other things that excite me are around the development of the Australian Social Enterprise Network and all the state-based organisations because I think together we have a much more powerful voice to government, both state and federal government, and we become more visible. This is really important work. We need to see those successes and collaborate together. And then, of course, the environment and global warming, you know, such as Carbon Neutral Adelaide, that, you know, we're a founding member of Carbon Neutral Adelaide, to bring together organisations that are taking direct action to reduce our carbon footprint, to measure our output, to offset our output. I think in the absence of much more braver federal policy around global warming, then businesses and individuals and organisations can take really significant steps to hopefully, you know, offset what, what is an impending disaster for the planet. So that's most of them, I think. And just quickly, just on the end there, any books or resources that you have, Sarah? Well, I really allocate book reading to pleasure because otherwise I never stop reading. (laughs) Um, I never stop reading too much information. But I would say anything that friends tag me in, in on LinkedIn generally has significant merit and totally worth reading. There's a fantastic, the CEO podcasts are always a, a source of great inspiration for me, women working on the world's to-do list. And then NDO, also your impact boom, of course, because oh, being able to make visible the leaders in the social enterprise and social innovation sector in Australia is inspiration always. Really lovely. Thank you for saying that, Sarah. I really appreciate that. And for all of those other, whether they were movements, social enterprises, or other resources or ideas that you've had, all of those will be linked at the end of the article. So once our audience has either listened to the podcast or read through the transcript and gathered all of your wonderful insights you've just gave us over this interview, they'll be able to click on through to those programs. And I just want to say we've now reached the end of our interview, Sarah. And just for me, I really want to give a heartfelt thank you for sharing your generous times and insight. Um, I know that you're so busy with uh, everything that's going on with GoGo Events and the GoGo Foundation. So it's just been great. It's just really been great to have you here to, to share your ideas and to share your thoughts and really, really provide some inspiration for our audience. So thank you very much. Good luck with the future. I can't wait to see what happens. Thanks so much, Indira. Thanks for having me. Thanks for listening to Impact Boom. You'll find links to the initiatives, people and resources mentioned in this podcast on impactboom.org. Please leave your comments below and remember, we'll be publishing fresh inspiration and insights to help you create positive impact every week on the website, Facebook page and Twitter.